Murray Riley Jr. It's great to be back, podcasting here with you live tonight for another exciting and rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. And I tell you what, what a great time it is to be back after the Thanksgiving holiday. And we decided to come back to you and share some of our uh, top news headlines from Wednesday, November 27th, leading into the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And I tell you what, guys, uh, what some uh, amazing developments that have happened since we have gone away for the Thanksgiving break, and now we're back. Uh, it says two White House officials resigned over the Ukraine aid freeze concerns. Uh, Mark Sandy, a longtime employee of the White House Office Management and Budget, uh, told congressional impeachment investigators that two officials who worked in, on, in the OMB had resigned from the department over concerns about President Donald Trump's withholding of military aid from Ukraine. Also, Trump was told of the whistleblower complaint before he released Ukraine aid report uh, prior to his decision to unfreeze nearly $400 million in military aid to the Ukraine. Trump was reportedly informed of the complaint filed by a whistleblower who expressed concern about the reasons for his aid package freeze. The New York Times reported that the White House lawyers had warned Trump of the whistleblower complaint in late August. The president released aid in early September, and this came from the Huffington Post. Also, federal judge blocks Trump's health insurance uh, rule for immigrants. The administration claims that uh, it would require immigrants to show proof of health insurance to get U.S. visa. The judge said that this, his opinion that this measure uh, cannot take effect until a lawsuit uh, challenge is constitutionally resolved. Um, also, this came from the Associated Press. Hmm, I wonder what's going on with this one because it's very interesting that this is happening with the president. And it just seems unusual that it's going on right now. I don't understand what, what's the problem here, but I guess uh, uh, I think uh, this is a major problem if you, if you ask me. I don't know why in, why in the world a president would do this. Also, uh, Trump plans to uh, designate Mexican uh, drug cartels as terrorist groups um, the president told Bill Riley in an interview that he was going to designate those um, those uh, Mexican cartels as terror, terrorist groups and those who support them to special sanctions and punishment. Trump's announcement comes weeks after the massacre of a group of Mormon women and children in, the nor- in northern Mexico. Concerned for Mexican officials said they would uh, quickly seek a meeting with U.S. State Department officials to discuss the plan change. And this came from Reuters, everyone. And, yes, this massacre did happen back um, some time ago. And uh, what what a tragedy it was. But what is the president's approach with this? I wonder what the guys have to say in regards to this tonight. Uh, just very interested what they're going to have to say in reference to that. Also, um, Kurdish Americans are fighting Trump's um, Syria policy in October uh, the White House announced a pullout of U.S. troops from northern Syria in anticipation of a long-planned military operation by Turkey. As Kurdish Americans knew, this meant intimate humanitarian disaster for Syrian Kurds. Just last year, their relatives had fled their homes in northern Syria ahead of the Turkish artillery attacks, and this came from the Huffington Post as well. Also, on this day in history, December 1st, Rosa Parks, everyone, she's uh, a part of this day in history. Uh, Rosa Parks was an African-American civil rights activist whom the United States Congress called the first lady of the civil rights and the mother of the freedom movement. On December 1st, 1955, in Montgomery, Alabama, 
Parks refused to obey bus driver James F. Flake's order to give up her seat in the colored section to a white passenger. After the white section was full, Parks was not the first person to resist bus segregation, and this happened on December 1st, 1955, on this day in history, the first day of December 2019, and these are our top political stories for for last week and leading into the holiday, everyone. We just want to thank you for tuning in wherever you are across America and across the world. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, let's see what else we had here. We don't have anything else here tonight. Um, um, but we wanted to um, uh, come back and share with you some of the things from the, from our political headlines and what's been happening lately in that regard. Um, we're going to touch on a few of these topics. We're going to bring our uh, senior, panelists, senior panelists in, Michael, and welcome in, him into the show. Hello, Michael. Hello, Murray, good buddy, and hello, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving and season's greetings. Yes, my goodness, it is. The holiday season is upon us, Michael. And as we move into this new, into the, into the, into the holiday season, uh, I tell you what, the recent developments are, are steadily coming from Washington, D.C. What are your thoughts on things? Well, before I give my thoughts, let me give my um, sincere thoughts and prayers to all the holiday travelers that are facing serious, serious difficulties with this storm, the powerful storm that has gone from coast to coast. Uh, We're getting a a little bit of snow here in New York City. Thankfully, it won't be as hard hit as many of these other places are. We're under winter weather advisory but there are places that have winter storm warnings, blizzard warnings. There's some people that are just buried. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers to all the holiday travelers trying to get home and just stay safe, please. There's no joke out there. Oh, yeah, Um, definitely. With with everything that's happening right now, it's pretty, pretty, pretty ominous getting around the country because I know there's a – there's a couple of those stars moving into your area, from what I can tell. And so a very yeah. interesting time for everybody traveling back. I know they're saying it's 49 million Americans traveling back to their destinations after the Thanksgiving holiday. Been a very, very busy time for the holiday season to kick off, and along with the impeachment inquiry that's been taking place over the last yeah. uh, several months. Uh, we're continuing to hear news coming from Washington, D.C. That's very disturbing as we are upon the holiday season and what's going to take place this up in, up in this coming week. And so, Michael, what are your thoughts on the political headlines? Well, it looks like that we have several, several witnesses that is confirming what Democrats and a lot of the American people have been saying of the ongoing corruption that's coming from this president the White House, and I will add the GOPs that are constantly defending Trump in the mix as well. I mean, it's either they, it's either some of them are being forced to go along with this program, or there are those that are pushing the program, or it could be both. I know last week we touched base on the revelations of Devin Nunes, the House mm-hmm. um, GOP ranking member and the, his behavior, and I know I questioned it, um, the revelations would pretty much tell that 
he's more involved in these um, Ukraine dealings and this impeachment thing than what many people have thought or imagined um, initially is becoming very suspicious. And I remember asking, who else? Who else is involved because of the inexcusable behavior on a lot of these Republicans? I know I just posted on Point of Concern and on the Sky Shout um, group pages earlier today on Meet the Press was another Trump supporter, Senator John um, Kennedy. I believe he's Mm -hmm. from Louisiana. Yes, definitely. Um, I'm just going to let you and everyone watch the episode from today. I'll tell you this much. Mr. Kennedy has contradicted himself multiple, multiple times in such a short duration that has has the moderator, Chuck Todd, growing increasingly frustrated. And my wife would tell you that I, just looking at it, was growing greatly frustrated. Like, you really think the American people are stupid? And it's like one lie after another after another, one contradiction after another after another. And then when Chuck Todd calls him out for some of the statements that he's making, then Mr. Kennedy resorts to the same behavior as Trump does, as Trump's inner circle does, and a lot of these other GOPs do, and that is going into a rant and then refusing to answer the question put forth towards them. So, mm-hmm. Mr. Mm-hmm. Senator Kennedy, uh, do you have a closer um, interest or involvement in these proceedings and these investigations than we already, than what we know or what have you? Is it just, are you just a senator or do you have another role in this? And I put that question forth to him and to these other GOPs. I mean, explain yourselves. I mean, I cannot understand. I cannot understand, Murray, how they can keep calling this a sham when you cannot get around obstruction of justice, which includes stonewalling investigations, refusing subpoenas to testify, refusing subpoenas to hand over documents. You're going to keep making the same false claim of, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. The president's done nothing wrong. I mean, that that, that, think, that would be insulting. Yeah, I know. One of the things that's interesting about, about folks, Michael Michael posted this in the thread um, just a few moments ago before it came on air. And let me tell you something. When you when you have someone like Senator John Kennedy who is continuing to attempt to defend this cover up and all the contradictions that have been going on, and then have him have him uncovered by the moderator. Uh, uh, and this is just uh, one more step toward uh, anarchy, if you can say that. I don't want to use that word, Michael, because these folks just don't want to they – they don't want to admit the truth about any of these situations that's going on during this inquiry. They're trying to sidebar the thing most of the time. Not sidebar, but they're trying to derail everything that the Democrats are doing. They're saying this is this is not good for the nation. This is not good for anything that's going on right now. And one thing that comes to mind immediately is is the president was told about the about the whistleblower complaint, and then he released the aid to the Ukraine anyway. Four hundred million dollars. He turned his money loose, even though he knew 
that this complaint was already afoot. And I wonder why the president decided to do that at this last at the last minute. I think the president decided to do this because he knew what was going on at the moment, and there was nothing else that he could do because he's going to do what he wants to do anyway. And and that's that's the quid quid pro quo of this, if you want to say that. And and so I don't understand why though these senators continue to shield the president from uh, what is afoot about what's going on in Washington and what's going on in his own administration, Michael. We've discussed this on, on various occasions about how, how everything is not uh, moving in the direction that, that, that the American public would expect it to move in. It's, it's, been such, it's been such a distraction during all the other things that are going on right now in the world. You have the, you have the issue of, of what's going on in Hong Kong. You have the issue of what's going on with Kim Jong-un. Uh, continuing to shoot missiles. You also have the stuff that's happening in Syria. And just this, just this past holiday weekend, guys, uh, as, as we're wrapping up the holiday weekend, we had multiple stabbings take place by a terrorist organization in, in London this weekend. And so where is our leadership right at this moment, Michael? Where is it? That's a very good question. I, I think the only leadership we would have are those in the spirits. The leadership could be amongst us and maybe mm-hmm. our guardian angels because Lord knows we don't have it in D.C. right now. We're fighting right. and we're battling against this corruption that is posing a continuous threat to our national security, to our national democracy, that's posing a threat to our humanitarianism to innocent people, American and non-American. I mean, we are in serious stuff here. I love the way one of the House Democrats in the impeachment inquiry, I wish Mm -hmm. to God I could remember her name, but she hit the nail on the head when she said that this whole inquiry, the hearings, has to do with supporting and defending the laws and the Constitution of the United States. And there's great evidence that Trump has jeopardized that. And she has called out her Republican colleagues for being derelict in duty, to say the least. I'm sure there are others, and I would be the first to put my foot down, saying that this goes beyond derelict of duty, but rather, are they themselves betraying their oaths in a worse way? Being derelict in duty, mm-hmm. that's a betrayal of oaths right there, as in the forms of being very neglectful. But it's far worse yeah. if you're willingly doing it, as Devin Nunes has supposedly been exposed as, and Lord knows who else. Um, uh, let's let's, let's not forget Senator. Let's not forget Senator John Kennedy, Senator Lindsey Graham. Uh, yep. You have a whole lot of folks, Michael, who, who who continue to shield the president and defend what's going on with his administration, and I think it's all politically motivated. We we already we, we know this. Come on, we, we, you know they're this, the Michael. Ones, they're the ones that um, turning this into um, a political issue, while we, the American people and Democrats, are looking this as a clear 
criminal and legal issue. I mean, come on, folks. You know full well in a regular um, law and order, in a regular court of law, in the state and even in the federal, there's a crime going on. There's no hesitation in taking a stand and putting a stop to that crime going on. Mm -hmm. The way of prosecution, and of course there's due process going on. You have the trial, and you not likely get convicted if there's the evidence stands. I mean, right, the, right. The, the, the justice course, the justice system will take its course. And it's quite mm -hmm. reprehensible that these Republicans who are supposed to be advocates for truth and justice are going bend over backwards for a guy named Donald Trump in which many people on that side are treating like a false messiah, so to speak. And I say yeah. that because yeah. of one Republican woman, and we, I know we touched base on this before, Murray, that she said we are no longer the party of Republicans. We are now the party of Donald Trump. That is a yeah. serious, serious threat to this Michael, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, and I'm, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you – you're pretty in tune with what's going on politically. You know, they're saying Donald Trump was a better president than Abraham Lincoln. What are your thoughts on that? Because it's all over social media that, the president, that Donald Trump is um, somewhat a better president than Abraham Lincoln was during the Civil War. Why? Okay, question one, why would people think that? Number two, can Donald Trump be in the same conversation as some of the founding fathers of this nation like Abraham Lincoln? and others. What, what are your thoughts on that, Michael? These are probably the same people that will go on social media and say that uh, we have a potential terrorist in the name of Fred Flintstone or Bugs Bunny. All right? That's how <laughs> absurd this has become. Come on. Look, look, at your, look at the history, folks. Even some of our Democrats and even some Republicans who are breaking ranks of this um, of, of, of this criminal regime, they are on record now saying that this is far worse than Nixon. And they're correct. Mm. And far yeah, worse yeah. because Trump is turning to foreign adversaries to further his own personal agenda and personal benefits. He only ran for president just to see the um, idea of abusing his, the presidential powers for his own gain, and then in the interim, yeah. using people such as his base to back him up and to, at a snap of a finger, if he gets an order to attack physically and mentally um, any of his opponents, they'll go ahead and do it. That's why you have so many um, gun massacres going on. He's defending the... Um, the gun um, terrorists and want to use, misuse the thing of mental illness. He's the right. one that says that he could shoot someone across the street on Fifth Avenue from Trump Tower and get away with it. He's filtering all these crazy ideas into people's heads and encouraging them and stirring them, stirring them up to commit these um, atrocities with the falsehood of him taking care of their legal roles, which you know that's a right, farce, right. and some people 
or learning that the hard way. I know we well, spend Michael, time and time. Yeah. yeah, but Michael, what, what, one thing I want to say uh, in, in what you're saying is that it seems to me that every time that there's, there's something about Trump that is uh, not, not becoming of a president, then we have these distractors come out with something like this and distract the American public for, um, from what's at hand when it comes to this impeachment inquiry. Everybody everybody wants to talk about this. This is the hot topic. Hey, folks, this is a hot topic on social media, you know. Twitter, Facebook, there's a whole lot of other places that are having this conversation about the president and Abraham Lincoln at this time, and there's a whole lot of political folks. I've been listening to some other political shows who've been talking about the president and Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln had had a nation that was torn apart via the Civil War. Um, Abraham Lincoln, uh, the Gettysburg Address, the, uh, the, 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 there, there were so many other things that Abraham Lincoln had to face uh, at the time before his assassination. Uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, the, the, the freedom of the slaves, uh, trying to unite a country. Uh, upon his death, before upon his death, there was there was this war, the Civil War, the the, the war of the uh, of the states, and and the the utterance of what Abraham Lincoln had to face as a man, as a father, as a president. I I, I wouldn't want to carry the mantle that he had to carry, trying to mend back the flag that was torn apart by. By by separation and 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 you know and, what it is the 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 need to keep slavery in the South and everything like that. It is the, these are historical topics, folks. Yes, I'm somewhat of a political historian myself. But one thing right. that, that disturbs me, Michael, about all of this talk about Abraham Lincoln and Donald Trump, it's clearly a distraction. It's clearly a distraction to take and, the American public off the topic of Donald Trump and all the wrongdoing that he's committing as a president. And and I think it's I think it's everybody's duty to call out wrong when it's wrong. You can't just hide from it. You can't just um, sweep it under the rug over and over and over again. You have to tell the truth. I think that it, it, thank it, it, it's thank you. It's 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 our duty to tell the truth when it comes to things like this, and to have him compare himself to Abraham Lincoln is not the right thing to do. And and you know I'll just like I said. One of the founding fathers of this nation, he went through so much as a president, as a man, as a father, uh, at the time of before his assassination. That the, the 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 killing of Abraham Lincoln was something that was planned out long before the the Emancipation Proclamation was. Signed. Can I give a little insight? Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, here's a little insight. Um, I know we said before. Yesterday's Republicans are today's Democrats and vice versa. Abraham Lincoln, yes. yes, he was Republican, but he was also a humanitarian as well, if I can say that. He's trying to do the right thing. And mm -hmm. in uh, paraphrasing what uh, a lawyer that I know of, he and I are Facebook friends, Norman Goldman, he said that mm -hmm. it should not be about right versus left. It has to be about right versus wrong. And that's the central factor of what we're dealing with here. Now, Trump and Abraham and Trump and Lincoln, there is no comparison whatsoever. False equivalency, period. All right? Yes. Um, Lincoln was assassinated 
for trying to do good to others. And look at the other people that were trying to do good and speaking truth and spreading the message of truth, even though those that assassinated these people couldn't handle the truth. Lincoln was right. right. And then you had you had Bobby Kennedy. You had John F. Kennedy. You had Martin Luther King Jr., for heaven's sake. And the prime example of somebody that was killed because his um, opponents couldn't handle the truth, Jesus Christ, 33 AD oh, yeah. in Jerusalem. Yes, yes, I know in the religious aspect, he rose from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father. You know, I'm Catholic myself. But when you look at the moral and the historical elements of what happened to him in Jerusalem, he was, he was killed and crucified because the doggone Pharisees didn't like him speaking the truth and they wanted to silence the messenger. All these people we mentioned were great messengers and examples of truth and justice and humanitarianism, of doing good for one another, being good to your fellow men, your brothers and sisters. And some people mm-hmm. didn't want to see it that way. They always wanted a freaking handout and wanted those special privileges instead of respecting equality, doing yep. good to yep. others as you want them to do unto you. People didn't want to yep. work um, equally. They always wanted shortcuts. And that's why we stuck with somebody like Trump, a spoiled brat. Well, Michael, one of the things that one of the things that I want to say too, in, in reference to what you're saying, and 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 you have to think about these things that that are that are going on um, um, with the president and how how everybody is uh, so. Um, um, separated in their thoughts and ideas of what America should be. Um, the thing that bothers me most, I had a chance to listen to Cory Booker a little bit today, and, and he talked about tribalism going on in Washington, D.C., where all these tribes are separated from each other, and now there's no, there's no willingness to come together and work as a group, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. That's, just, that's the part that, 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 that's disturbing to me even more when you hear when you hear a, a, a senator such as Cory Booker say something like that, and it it's, it's almost lets me know that there's no way out of this but the hard way, and that's through this impeachment. And once this thing, once this impeachment inquiry keeps moving forward, see Monday. Monday is the first day of the week for the month of December, and the inquiry starts back up. We're gonna get, we're gonna have some more testimony, a whole lot of other things going on. Uh, which, which I think, I think this thing is going to get even more um, 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 concerning for me. And what's what's concerning for me is whether or not the Republicans are going to continue to defend the president, the president's actions, versus what was done wrong, what's being exposed. Why can't they accept what truth has been uncovered? There has been some uncovered truth. Why can't they accept this uncovered truth? It bothers me greatly, Michael. Um, one headline yep. that I want to share with the audience before we go back is the um, the prime minister is out, the Iraqi constitutional black hole. It says here that uh, Iraq's parliament on Sunday formally accepts the prime, the prime minister's resignation, but the path of re- uh, replacing him uh, was clouded with legal questions 
that one lawmaker asked. So we have issues going on in the Middle East, Michael, as well. Um, also, from from some top news stories that we want to continue to share with you guys as we discuss the topics of the top news stories, London extremist attack uh, takes center stage in the U.K. campaign. Britain's political leaders are sparring over what happened Sunday over what is uh, who is responsible for the early release of the convicted extremist who launched a stabbing attack in central London that left two people dead. And, and this is coming from the Associated Press folks. Um, uh, Michael, what are your thoughts about uh, folks being disgruntled uh, as we move forward? As you can tell, um, there's, lot, there's lots of unrest in the Middle East right now. And with America um, not having that leadership in the Middle East, it seems chaos is primed to ensue. What are your thoughts? Uh, that, that, that's a tough one because it's like you're feeling really emotional as to the chaos and the mess that is going on overseas that will very much affect us here in the U.S. I mean, nobody's got their stuff together. And only thing Trump just persists on doing is just <laughs> like screwing everything up for his own benefit, you know, with Ukraine, mm-hmm. with um, with working pretty much being Vladimir Putin's puppet. As what's going on, I mean, look what we look what we've seen and heard that this falsehood of Ukraine interfering in the 2016 election. No, no, that is a total falsehood and it's been established by the Mueller report. It's been established by these impeachment um, hearings that's been going on. And I can't understand, as you have pointed out, why these Republicans persist on repeating the falsehood and they're just blatantly lying, lying for this madman you know, it's it's going to come a time that, you know, all this is going to come forth and they cannot, cannot just right. say that this is a sham when they're the ones stonewalling the investigation and they even now inviting president to present whatever exculpatory evidence um, he may have. The fact of the matter is, and I'm making the prediction, I'm putting my foot down on this, is that they have no exculpatory evidence because if they did, they would have presented it to the Congress and would not have been stonewalling the way they have. So stop the lying and saying that there's um, no quid pro quo. There's um, there's nothing wrong he's doing. Or what was the other thing? There's um, no no indictment, no... um, no wrongdoing from the Mueller report. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say except that everything that they are claiming, the facts come out to be the exact opposite. And I think we have to right. look at it moving forth from there. Yeah, I, I would I would say so too, Michael. And you touched on something here. And uh, one of the things that, that's coming across to me is that the impeachment influence is hazy as 
issues in the congressional races take place. And so it, it's saying here the Republicans aim to use the House to drive toward impeaching President Trump to whittle down Democrats' majority by dislodging vulnerable incumbents from um, swing districts loaded with moderate voters. Uh, it could work, especially if Democrats uh, held districts Trump carried in 2016 with thongs of independent voters who, uh, who polls show are closely divided over his removal. Or it could flop in an era when news zooms by so swiftly that today's concerns may be eclipsed in 11 months. And many people are more focused on pocketbook issues such as health care and health care costs and such. And so this is just the beginning of what's going on with this. Uh, what it also so says what as, we jump down on, as we jump down on this, it says uh, what's clear is that uh, for now Republicans are, are, are willing uh, the impeachment mostly as an offensive weapon as Democrats are generally uh, playing defense or changing the subject as 2020 congressional races rev up. House Democrats will be defending at least their 233 to 197 majority with four vacancies, Republicans will try preserving their 53 to 47 Senate control. And since we are talking about this, folks, what we want to do, since we're already on it, Michael, we might as well talk about the Democratic primaries that's going to be taking place coming up in a few weeks. Matter of fact, we're already on our way to the South Carolina Democratic uh, primary. 95 days away, guys, from the Democratic primary in South Carolina, uh, February 29th, 2020, in a Pack poll um, from November 13th to November 17th, Biden, 33% likely voters, Warren, 13%, Sanders, uh, 11%, and Mayor Pete, 6%. This is in the South Carolina Democratic primary. Also, March 3rd, 2020, the Massachusetts Democratic primary, as we speak right now, uh, Warren, 33%, Biden, 19%, Sanders, 13%, Mayor Pete, 7%. What's some numbers here, Michael? What's some numbers here as we move forward? Also, Iowa, February 3rd. Iowa is before South Carolina, folks. Uh, November 15th uh, through November 19th, Biden, 12%. Warren, 19%. Sanders, 18%. Mayor Pete, 26% in Iowa. Michael, you're hearing the numbers. What are your thoughts on the numbers, sir? And I know you focused on um, talking about the numbers for the Senate and the House. If Democrats could continue the blue wave and continue to hold the House and take a few Senate seats, and then we can secure the presidency. But uh, According to these primary numbers, people still got a lot of thinking to do and picking a candidate to be the presidential nominee for the Democrats. And it seems like uh, there's various opinions going on right now in these three states, Iowa, South Carolina, and Massachusetts. What are your thoughts? Well, first off, with the House, right, I, I want to mm-hmm. um, go on like a little stepping ladder here. Um with the House, it'll stay with Democrats because there's been no seats being contested to change the majority. I mean, we got a whopping majority last year, and that sent a clear message of this blue wave and referendum against Trump and his um, and his cohorts. 2019, this past election, the same um, 
the same factor with the um, individual state and local elections across the nation that have gone blue, as we have seen in Virginia, and we've seen um, parts of Kentucky and other areas that were solidly red before, but have flipped blue because of one major detrimental factor, and that is Trump. People are taking a stand and holding all those accountable that have been pledging their allegiance to Trump instead of pledging allegiance to the United States flag and this nation. Moving forward to 2020, that's where the Senate GOPs are facing big, big trouble. Because as you said, about three or four seats of those GOP seats are needed to flip control of the Senate to Democrats. And guess what? As much as 23 or 24 GOP seats are up for grabs. The GOPs yep. in, their, in their approval ratings are hitting rock bottom. I mean, they're going, they're sinking down to the ocean floor, if you want to use that term. Um, yep. Yep. When it comes to the presidency, you know, people are really going to have to make up their minds as to who they really want as um, the Democratic nominee, but I know I've said this before, um, two areas. Number one, whoever this Democratic nominee is, we have to give this person 100% support. We heard the phrase of anyone but Trump and vote blue no matter who. Whoever the nominee is would have to have a sit down with the other Democratic contenders and what's that word I'm looking for? What's What's the word that, oh, uh, consensus amongst, there need to be consensus yeah. amongst all of them. They have to huddle and con, have a consensus amongst them all as to where do we go from here? Because every one of them, every one of us is involved in trying to get this nation back. So it's important to speak up and it's important to listen to one another. Now, at least to my I, I second agree. point, it, at least to my second point. I've hearing these candidates constantly speaking about universal health care, Medicare yeah. for all. We've mm-hmm. seen and heard all of this before, and we embrace it. But nobody is speaking about the perils that this administration is putting us through. And I know I said this, that you want Medicare for all. Face facts here. This administration is not going to um, back off and work for the American people because he's working for his own selfish self and using um, GOPs in Congress and his base and trying to get what he wants or what he wants only, the hell with the nation, the hell with the Constitution, the hell with the laws. There's already reports on social media saying he doesn't have to um, abide by the stinky constitution, he feels that it's a flaw because he's rich and his, right, his name is right. Donald Trump. So the fact of the matter is that these Democrats need to be speaking on that issue more. They need to be speaking more on the impeachment and the favor and being in favor of it. The bottom line message is that as long as Trump and these GOPs have some kind of control of government, we're not going to be getting Medicare for all. We're not going to 
be getting good health coverage for all, that the Social Security will be in jeopardy as well as other elements and other areas that our our Democratic candidates have been campaigning for. I mean, the campaign will be a waste if you do not address and deal with the issue of Donald Trump and these GOPs that are being the roadblocks, that are being the domestic enemies to this nation and Mm -hmm. the principles that our founding fathers have built upon. Michael, let me ask you, one thing thing I want to say, and and ladies and gentlemen, Michael's doing a great job of, of breaking this thing down for us so we can understand one one thing that one thing that Thank I you. think that that the Republicans have and they have this strategy and it says the American Action Network closely aligned with the House GOP leaders has produced TV and digital ads attacking 30 Democrats mostly freshmen spots also thank seven Republicans for opposing impeachment a tactic often used to pressure lawmakers to stand firm and one of those announcers accuses Rep. Joe Cunningham, a Democrat from South Carolina, of abandoning health care and other issues to back the impeachment and says, tell Congressman Cunningham, let the voters decide elections. The announcer speaks in, amid images of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, and uh, uh, Liberal Representative and, uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and Rep. Adam Schiff. Uh, who led the impeachment inquiry. GOP, uh, GOP groups regularly blast impeachment theme, fundraising emails, relatively obscure Republicans such as Rep. Elise uh, uh, Frank, I think that's how I'll pronounce it. I may be pronouncing it wrong. Of, of the upstate New York have reaped campaign contribution bonanzas by taking high-profile roles in defending Donald Trump. So this thing boils down to, Michael, all about the money. And one thing that one thing that I will say is that folks love money, and these folks are campaigning. They need the money to sustain themselves for campaigns. We know this already. Um, one thing that I'm disturbed by is watching people put themselves paint themselves in a corner and don't know which corner to step out on because the floor is wet with paint. But my thing is is that we have to be conscious and aware of what's going on with this. There's a great deal of money being spent, folks. Uh, in reference to what's happening uh, and, and what Michael is speaking about when it comes to the House and the Senate. My concern, too, Michael, is the Supreme Court, whatever president we get, will have to choose another Supreme Court uh, judge. Um, Ruth Gaines, uh, judge Ruth Ginsburg is not, you know, she's healthy right now, but in time, in time, in time. We have to yeah, be prepared for the future. And so I think it's important that we, we be very prepared for the future as we move forward in this. I don't know what else to tell you. The other thing can that I answer, me too, go ahead, can Michael, go ahead and answer. thing with these Republicans saying, uh, let the voters decide. Um, number one, voters are already deciding in the polls, and you already have a growing support for impeachment and those that are seeing this whole thing in the same um, aspect, the same um, principles mm-hmm. as I had spoken of, and that is right. the legalities, the criminalities. There's no way anyone in the right mind in a normal um, criminal case would say, oh, let's not, let's 
not take any action now. Let's wait till the election day and let the people decide then. No, they don't do that. They're all asking for the stop to the crime and go for the prosecution and seek justice. Justice should never, never, ever have to take a back seat in time and wait until an election day. You don't politicize a you don't politicize a crime. You don't politicize the justice system. Let's get that straight right there. And then it's like, what the hell are we going to wait till election day for? So you GOP right. try to steer the election again through the help of foreign adversaries. You think right, that right, we right. were born yesterday? Come but on, one thing, one thing, one thing I will say. One thing I will say, Michael, and and one thing that I'm going to say really quickly, and it says before the CNN survey. A Quinnipiac University poll released earlier in the week said there's a slight turn in Trump's favor with 45% in favor of impeachment and 48% removal uh, against. And so those figures were reversed prior to the month that started. Uh, Also, CNN presidential historian Douglas Brinkley on a recent poll showing 50% of Americans support impeaching or removing Trump from office. After Congress votes, you're going to see that movement grow even more. He's he's a based politician. He knows he doesn't know how to turn this around. And this came from this is this is on CNN, everybody. And uh, one thing I will say about this, what was was what's damning about this whole situation, is that this thing is going to happen. Folks just don't want to want to admit it. Uh, I think it's going to happen in a, in a greater manner than what we think. Uh, it just tells you uh, what a deep and troubled Donald, Donald Trump is in. I mean, when you have 50% of the country wanting you to not just be impeached but removed from office, and the game hasn't even gotten fast yet. <laughs> this was a quote coming from someone, uh, 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 and I tell you what, guys, this is very interesting what's going on with this. Uh, the president seems to think he's okay. I don't think the president understands that you're not okay, regardless of what people are saying in his defense, Michael. I think it's, I think he's in trouble. He knows it. Uh, one thing that you have to say, um, uh, presidential historian uh, Douglas Brinkley, uh, on a recent poll showing 50% of Americans support impeaching and removing Trump from office. Uh, after Congress votes, you, you're going to see the, the movement grow even more. He, he, he's a based politician. Oh, yes. He doesn't know how to turn this around. I agree with Douglas. He doesn't because it's already done, as far as I'm concerned with this. And, and the president has the president has his hands in the cake batter, and he thinks he's going to bake a cake with it, but it, the cake's already baked. And, and you know what? Your hands are stuck in the cake now, and, and, and that's the problem with the whole thing, Michael. What, what are your thoughts about what Douglas had to say? Fifty percent. That means half of the American public wants Donald Trump removed from office. Yep, and you remember before we started this impeachment inquiry, the numbers were still like in the 40-something um, percent. It was like 40-something to 40-something, and then you still had that margin of maybe 10 or 13 percent undecided. But then as soon as right. um, Democrats, the House Democrats, began their investigations, and they mm-hmm. kept the mm-hmm. American people informed and, re- and reminding people any kind of stonewalling Congress, stonewalling investigations, ignoring and defying subpoenas of turning over documents or coming to testify, 
that constitutes obstruction of justice, and it sub- subjects the offender to um, being found in contempt, which means your buck could be in jail for a good portion of time. And those that are um, telling you to ignore those such subpoenas, uh, they're being in bigger trouble themselves. So when people are seeing the ongoing wrongdoing, and they won't, they will not tolerate that because they know that they did the same thing. They will have been locked up automatically long time ago. And Nancy Pelosi is hitting the nail on the head when she said, "No one is above the law, not even the president." And she keeps hammering that factor home. So yes, we're going to see these numbers rise. And you know what else is working? I shouldn't say working, but going against Trump. He wants to keep hiding his taxes. He wants to keep hiding these other documents of his meeting. And the courts are saying, no, you cannot do that. Congress has the authority to subpoena and get such documents for their investigation. That's why you have um, the equal balance of governmental power and why there are checks and balances amongst the branches. Trump, you do not call all the shots. And as one judge said, a president is not a king. Yeah, I saw that. And it was amazing that she said that. And it, it, it changed the dynamic, Michael, when 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 this per, when the judge said it, it changed the entire dynamic to, mm-hmm. the, to everything that was being said about Donald Trump. And it was amazing to watch the res- folks, the, the response on Twitter was crazy. When the, when the judge said that, I mean, there were so many people on Twitter giving the thumbs up to the judge for saying that. I was like, oh, my goodness. Look at, look at, my, I don't know about you guys, but my thread was absolutely full with responses about what the judge had said. Um, what, I got a confession to make on that, Murray. To me as, we get, as we begin to wrap the show, guys, <laughs> it, it is how, how much response came from that. It came from not just only social media. But the late night comics was having a great time with it. Uh, Stephen Stephen Colbert, uh, 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 Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh my goodness! It was just, that was just the coup de gras for this for this holiday week for that to come <laughs> out, Michael. But what are your thoughts yeah. about it? Because it was just and you know one thing about New Yorkers, they absolutely just be honest with you. They don't hide. It just comes straight from the straight from the gut, straight into a microphone somewhere or straight on Twitter. What, what are your thoughts about it? And you're speaking to one right now, buddy. But I got a <laughs> confession to make. I got a confession to make. When that judge um, make that statement, I accidentally scared the daylights out of my wife, my wife, Michelle. Why? Okay. Because when I read that and I heard it, I laid out a big, loud, yes! It was quiet here. I lost control of myself. I was like so glad to hear someone in the judiciary put their foot down, not only laying out the law and laying out the legal perspectives for their ruling, right, in a regular professional lawyer-like or uh, law enforcement manner, you know, the terminology Mm -hmm. that they use, but they went into the uh, mode of, let's cut the crap already. The president is not a king. He is not above the law. 
stating it in plain language like that in summary. As, as if this judge just did a Judge Judy on Donald J. Trump. That's why I yelled. Yes, she did. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she set social media on fire with that comment. I mean, with that statement coming from the judge, it just changed the entire dynamic of the impeachment inquiry. And and it, having people say that he's not above the law, but to have the judge say he's not a king, that just absolutely just sealed the fate of the president Murray. to some degree in opinions now it sealed his fate in opinions because people took that and and i'm gonna tell you from myself there was a tidal wave on twitter when that statement was made people people responded to that in a, in a great way and it just it just uh it was something about it that just made everything different and i don't know why but it, for me it was just it was just amazing to hear once i heard it, it, came, it folks if y'all want to hear this coming from the from the judge youtube youtube um judge says donald trump is not a king and you can see it and hear it for yourself on youtube guys it, just, it was just it, i don't masterful coming from a judge and one thing I, one thing about the truth michael it comes from the bottom of your heart straight out of your mouth right into the body of america that hey there you go what more can you say? Hey, folks, this is the Community Call Podcast. Again, I'm on with my, with my senior panelist, Michael. Thank you for joining us tonight, Michael, for the show. Uh, what, a great, what a great discussion we're having here. And uh, one thing I want to, 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 to tell you is that uh, as we move forward into the impeachment inquiry next week and what's going to be happening and taking place as we go forward here into 2020, um, I just want everybody to continue to have an open mind, continue to, to do their research, continue to listen to all these um, political per, uh, prognosticators out here doing all this talking. Make sure you guys have sorted hearing, okay? Sorted hearing is a good thing. Sort out what you like, throw back what you don't like, okay? And if you have opportunity to discuss it with your, with your friends, family, loved ones, everybody out there who's who's taking in these taking in these moments. It's real important that you do um, spend some time with groups. It's important that people understand that this, this is a very serious time in American history that we're impeaching another president. We've impeached. Uh, this will be the third president that America is impeaching. And so this is very, this is a very critical time in American history too, because if, if what I think is going to happen happens to pre- president Donald Trump, then that leaves us Mike Pence as a, as a, um, as a president, fill in, and and there are some things that people are talking about him as well. So we have to we have to see what's going to happen next. Michael, as we close the show, what are your thoughts as we get ready to leave tonight? Well, let's not forget also that Pence himself is under investigation for the same thing. You know, when they're investigating the Ukraine and the Russia interference, it's all parties involved, and his name has been brought up. So keep an eye out for that. But going back to the president is not a king, this is just a guess on my part now. I know I sent um, a link regarding the Meet the Press when we were discussing earlier about John Kennedy, all right? Yes. In that same yes. episode, believe it or not, towards the end in the segment in which um, Chuck Todd calls, I think, um, Endgame or the segment beforehand, there are there is a lot of items that are online.
for all the political junkies if you want to um, do like holiday shopping, you know, with the um, the phrases of whether you're pro-Trump or anti-Trump, um, sweatshirts, etc. I would not be yeah. surprised if someone embraced what this judge said and put it or say on the sweatshirt. Remember, the president is not a king. I'm yeah. waiting for those sweatshirts and paraphernalia, coffee mugs, whatever you want to call it, to bear that phrase and serve as a reminder to all of America. What a way that would market. You know what I'm saying? And it's important to remember oh, yeah. the president is not a king, and we need to stay tuned, as you have said, Murray, the impeachment hearings continue starting this Wednesday with the Judiciary Committee um, chaired by um, Gerald Nadler as we move closer to the impeachment and we find we have more evidence uncovered. And let this be a lesson to everybody. You know, the Democrats have long invited Trump to answer to these charges, to let the investigation go forth to um, bring forth exculpatory evidence. None of that has occurred. He just keeps obstructing justice and stonewalling and blocking um, people from testifying, but yet has the audacity to say the impeachment is a sham, the charges are a sham. There's nothing about obstruction of justice that is a sham. So this is the last chance. This is the last Mm -hmm. chance they have. They have till Friday, this Friday, to respond that you're either going to put up or shut up. Shut up. So yeah, I I agree. It's it's either do that or 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 quit or quit talking. One of the thing one of the things about this whole situation, yes, he if he's summoned to come and speak and he refuses, then they're going to proceed. Um, I think it would be wise if the president would show up because that would like at least let the American public know, hey. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions. I'm going to just come and tell them what I wanted to do, and this is how I've done it, and and let the people judge. But if he continues to deflect, continues to hide, continues to hide behind rhetoric um, from from senators who are supporting him, he's going to continue to hide behind those who support the president on, on the far right. They're continuing to support this activity going on by Donald Trump. I think it's, it's just it's detrimental to this nation. It's detrimental to, to – Everyone who believes in freedom, everyone who believes in, in in the rule of law, Michael, like you say so much, and you say it so much with passion, and that's something that I, I it moves me every time you talk about it, and that that that's what makes this that's what makes this time in America such a and critical moment. Hey, what... folks, again, this is the Community Call podcast. We on with Michael and myself. We thank everybody for tuning in to the ninth episode of the Community Call podcast. Hey, folks, please continue to listen to this show. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. If, you, if you're if you out and about, grab the podcast. You can find us now on anchorfm.com. Find us on anchorfm.com. The community call is there now. We are on a great platform. You can hear us on Spotify. You can hear us on iTunes. You can hear us on all the other podcast platforms that are out there if you want to listen to this episode of the community call podcast we want to thank everybody for tuning in for another great episode and whatever you do stay together stay in love peace